cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Peter Barsoom, CEO and co-founder of 1906. Peter, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Very nice to meet you, Brian and Kellen. It's great to chat today. Sure. So we'll have to start with the, the first conversation. You have this idea. You, you, you have this vision for how you want to come. You decide you're going to leave the finance world for the exploratory of the cannabis space. What was the experience at that time with kind of making the, these products? Like, Take us through those early experimental days. So to be clear, I quit before I knew what I was going to do next. So sure. I, I didn't quit to, to do cannabis. I, I quit. And then I was like, okay, let, let's, let's explore kind of different opportunities I was looking at at the time. January 2015, we fly out to Colorado to assess the market here. And, you know, we expected uh, what was amazing is just to go into a legal store and buy cannabis. Like, wow, oh my God, so much selection, so much choice. It's not just what, you know, my dealer's bringing in his backpack over to my apartment on, uh, you know, a Thursday evening. What was interesting is, is from the beginning, this is a very challenging market to get into. It was the case back then, and it still is the case today. So we... The government society doesn't make it easy to be an entrepreneur in, in this market. Like if I had an idea for a beverage that didn't have cannabis, for instance, well, I would go to a lab, they would formulate for me. I might find a third party uh, provider who can do small batches to test it, you know, find then when we scale a contract manufacturer who make it like it's easier to be an entrepreneur. Here, you've got to start from from really scratch everywhere. And I remember the early days where we couldn't find space to rent because we were a cannabis company. So we ended up actually having to buy a building. Like, why am I buying a building before I even have a business? What was the first product that you made? Was it a targeted compound originally? Did you have the same focus where you are? Take us through those concepts. And then what was the first one you released? So, you know, we were trying to solve three problems. We were trying to solve the problem of, I don't know when it's going to hit me right? We were also trying to solve the problem of how is this going to make me feel? And then we were also trying to solve the problem. It's got to taste great because we started with chocolates. Uh, the pills came later. Each of those is a significant problem in its own right. You know, edibles taste much better now than they did back then, but flavor was a big uh, issue. So we spent a lot of time working on flavor. Our chief operating officer and our first employee Aaron Holzer, he was uh, the head chocolatier at Theo Chocolate, so master of flavors. We needed to work out then the other two problems, which is how do we, I'm a New Yorker, impatience is a virtue. I don't want to wait 45 minutes for anything to kick in. And there was no such thing as a fast-acting edible at the time. Like that didn't exist. We were the first on the market to create a fast-acting edible. So a lot of the, 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 the first year and a half was spent on R&D and formulation around, around that. We had a team. And then the other piece simultaneously with that was how do we make it a specific effect? And so what we looked at is what are the reasons why people use cannabis? And we outlined kind of the main reasons why for energy, for focus, for sex and, and arousal, for relaxation, anxiety, for uh, mood enhancement 
for sleep. And so we, we outlined here are the sort of six different effects that people are looking for. And then we said, well, what constitutes a really good experience of energy or of arousal or so on and so forth? And then we had a team of pharmacologists, ethnobotanists, flavor scientists, and uh, natural product chemists all working together to solve the problem of how do we make an edible give you a specific effect. Now, when you smoke, we know terpenes modulate the behavior of the cannabinoids, and that's what gives you that entourage effect. That's why Blue Dream affects you differently than Triangle Kush, right? It's the terpene combination there. Now, terpenes only work when you smoke it. They're volatile organic compounds. So if you eat terpenes, it's not going to do anything for you. And so what we did is we decided, well, in order to create that entourage effect in an edible, you have to rely on other dietary supplements and plant medicines. And that's where the focus was. Did you ever have any issues where when you had that first formulation that you knew was good and then transferred off to the chocolate, it, it lost that targeted effect or you never found that to be an issue? No, we never found that to be an issue, but you know, I'll give you an example of a story. Like when we launched Bliss, which was my favorite experience, we initially launched Bliss with a combination of, uh, of ingredients that included 5-HTP. 5-HTP is a wonderful supplement that a lot of people take. It boosts your serotonin, makes you happy. And then you know, all the feedback from our testers was very positive. We put it out into the market and after a couple of weeks, we realized especially some butt tenders were getting a upset stomach from it. And that's because it was negatively interacting with SSRIs. So we had a larger population of folks who are taking SSRIs for depression that were now taking bliss and were experiencing kind of a, a, a GI negativity. So after that first batch, for instance, we removed 5-HTP. I think one of the things that fascinates me most also is that your products aren't high doses, right? Like I guess 2014 to 2016, where we are, most of the products that are being on the market are not the small dose products. These are the heavier dose products. So you've taken a different approach You've, you've identified a need and a targeted compound and you've lowered the dosing so that people can take it on a regular basis that might not be that same consumer that's currently on. That, that had to have been like an additional hurdle knowing that you were early into market with these, these kind of laying out the infrastructure. Many people thought we were crazy. I remember, you know, early on people saying, oh, the only thing people, you know, these are stoners. The only thing they want is high potency for as cheap as possible. They don't care about flavor. They don't care about effect. I don't care about packaging. You know, it's just give me my 10 milligram gummy and call it a day. And early on, we decided we will not do a 10 milligram product. Um, and it was a tough sell because we were the only 5 milligram product on the market in Colorado. And the, the question always is, when are you going to make a 10 milligram product? When are you going to make a 10 milligram product? And we're like, we're not going to because we knew what would happen. If we had introduced the 10 milligram product at that time, the thing that would have happened is the buyers of the dispensaries would have stopped buying the five milligram product. And they would have said, oh, I'm only going to buy the 10 milligram product. And then all of a sudden, we're not a low dose brand anymore. We're just run of the mill like everybody else. So is there a certain product that you think newer consumers gravitate towards? And does the popularity vary state by state? Yeah, I mean, there is some variance, you know, as an example, East Coast, New York is much more of an energy type of market. And you see this in, even in the flower, like New York is a heavy sativa dominated flower choices. Out West, it's going to be more indica uh, a product. So that's reflective of, you know, uh, of what we do. What we do find is that everybody or a lot of people have trouble 
sleeping. A lot of people have trouble with anxiety. Like in every market, it's it's, it's a chill and and uh, and sleep are the are the two biggest uh, are the two biggest drivers of of sales volume. Is there any products that you came out with that you thought for sure would absolutely smash and pick up immediately, but just never picked up the type of steam? Maybe it could have been too early or some other factors. We make peanut butter cups in Colorado and they are the bomb, like the best. Uh, Like Reese's peanut peanut butter butter cups? Oh yeah. Even better. I mean, we literally make our own peanut butter. We literally make our own peanut butter with mesquite flour, with, you know, we have our own special blend, which tastes great. And it just never took off in, in Colorado. Colorado's, Colorado's a challenging market in general. So I want to bring the peanut butter cups here to New York because I think they would take off. And so that's an example of a product that should have done better. We launched a year or so ago a product that we called Bump, which is now called Boost. So that uh, the name there was uh, we learned a lot around that. I had to do a lot of mea culpas, and I'm sorry for the name there. So you know we're we're constantly making mistakes. Hopefully not the same ones multiple times. You know, but we're we're we're, we're constantly innovating, trying, making mistakes, and we're not too precious about ourselves. Dream smoking session: three people are dead or alive. I would say Barack Obama, Elon Musk. John Lennon. When you got started in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? What we got right is the initial conviction about what consumers want. I feel like we got that right. That low-dose, controlled-dose products that deliver specific effect and that are fast-acting you know, is what people want. And we modeled that basically after ourselves. So I was like, okay, if we're going to build a company, I want to build a company around things that I want to consume and that uh, my co-founder wants to consume. So... Uh, uh, that was the thing that we got right. The thing that we got wrong is that it's really hard to make money in cannabis. Like, I mean, not in general. Peter, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more about 1906 and they want to buy it online. Where could they find you? Our Instagram is 1906newhighs at 1906newhighs. And then uh, our website is 1906newhighs.com. Awesome. We'll link it all in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, guys. Great to chat with you. Love the conversation. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.